Good morning, everyone. Pastor Brenda here. I'm happy to be online with you again this week, finishing out this series on spiritual maturity. And today we are talking about emotions, all of the feelings, and we're going to get into this. And guys, don't worry and don't run away. I have some stuff that I want to say to you too. Um, but I think that this is a really important topic and a really important thing for us to sort of dig into a little bit in this season because a lot of us are feeling emotional about a lot of things. There is just a lot of stuff going on in our world that we cannot control. A lot of stuff going on around us that is chaotic and, you know, fear-driven and all of that kind of stuff. And it has the tendency to bring out a lot of emotion for us. This past year of COVID and lockdowns and not being able to meet in churches we would love to and all of the stuff that's going on in your home, in your life, your work life, your business, whatever, it's causing a lot of emotion for a lot of us that we're just not used to or maybe not used to having to deal with. And so the thing about emotions is that it's an important part of our inner world that we often don't think about when it comes to maturity and spiritual maturity. We don't think about emotions when we come before the Lord necessarily. We don't think about our emotional life when we're growing spiritually mature. But the truth is that you will not grow to be spiritually mature while staying emotionally immature. The two go together. And we actually grow emotionally. We grow in all different areas. Our, our heart becomes softer. Our mind is renewed, as we talked about in the past couple of weeks. And our desires come into alignment with the Lordship of Jesus. And so should our emotional life. And so we're going to talk about this today and dig into it a little bit. As we grow in Christ, we learn to process and manage our feelings in a healthy way. So they're not just erupting all over the place, unmanageable and out of control. We actually are able to process them and work through them in a healthy way. Now, we are polite Canadians, and many of us come from European backgrounds like Dutch and German. We've got a lot of Dutch and German people around us that are more stoic, sort of um, culturally stoic people. They're not, they don't show a lot of emotion. It's like, you know, considered weak sometimes even to show emotion or talk about your emotions. Why would you talk about how you feel? Just do it, you know, that's, that's the good way. And there's some cultures around the world that are much more in touch with their emotions. Um, when you watch other cultures grieve, when you watch how they express emotion. Maybe you know some Italians. They're, you know, they love to, to talk and, and express themselves a little bit more than maybe some of our other cultures. And so in, here in Canada, we consider ourselves polite Canadians. We don't want to show a lot of that kind of stuff in public. And then we have all this cultural and family stuff that plays into it as well. So you probably have, have created some sort of a background story in your own mind and in general most of us have not been taught healthy ways to process through the emotions that come up throughout our day. We've actually been taught to stuff our emotions, to hide them, and we come up with elaborate systems sometimes within ourselves 
to silence our emotions, to stuff them down, to hide them so no one will see them. I grew up as a little girl. Um, I was the youngest in my family. I have four older brothers, and there's an eight-year gap between me and my closest brothers, so they're a little bit older than me. Um, and I grew up with this little girl with all these boys, and, and the constant message that I received was, girls cry too much, you're too emotional. You know, the, whole, the message of my entire life was literally, tuck those emotions back in. No one wants to see your hot mess. No one wants to have to deal with that. Stop crying, you know, tuck that away. We don't want to hear about it. And so I learned at a really young age to learn how to manage my emotions by stuffing them in and holding them in. And it was unhealthy, actually. And so we come up with these elaborate ways to drown out our emotions. And, you know, some of us will drown our feelings in a tub of ice cream or a bottle of wine. We just go to that comfort thing to make us feel better when we're having a stressful day or stuff's going on in our life. We feel the emotion rising up. We immediately turn to things like comforting ourselves with food or shopping. We pull away and we isolate from people to protect ourselves, to keep ourselves safe. We, we just pull away and isolate. I used to do that a lot. We go out of our way to avoid certain people or situations because we know it's going to trigger an emotional response for us. We distract ourselves with things like Netflix or going on the internet and getting lost for hours doing nothing just to dull and numb the pain of our emotions. Maybe we lash out at the people around us out of anger and frustration or criticize and blame others in order to deflect whatever is happening in our emotional world. And sometimes we try to assert control in order to manage our lives when emotions overwhelm us. And we are tending to a symptom at the surface level and managing our pain, but not ever getting to the deeper issues of the heart that are actually causing the emotions to rise up in the first place. And this is detrimental to us. Um, and I feel like this last year, this season of COVID and what we've been in in this last year has brought up a lot of emotional stuff for people that is tied to some baggage from our past. It's tied to stuff we don't know how to process properly. And in this season, we're under pressure. It's like a, a, a simple illustration is like a toothpaste tube being squeezed. And whatever's inside is going to come out. And some of the stuff that has come out of us in this season is really ugly. It's really ugly. And it's revealing these deeper issues of the heart, these deeper life issues inside of us that haven't been formed in the kingdom of God. They're actually revealing areas of instability and doubt and fear deep inside of our hearts that haven't been realigned with God's heart and mind for us. So silencing our emotions is just tending to the symptom without getting to what is deeper below the surface. And maybe in this particular season, God wants to reveal and deal with some of the deeper issues of your life. This season right now is the best season probably of your life to actually take a deep internal look 
and to reflect on the things that are happening in your own inner world. We have fears that are being exposed in this season. We have grief of unprocessed losses and disappointments that is just sitting there and actually needs to be processed and come out. Maybe you've come to the realization that you have a tendency to want to control your environment or that you lash out in anger and frustration at the people around you. Maybe your inability to control what's happening in this world is causing a lot of fear and anxiety and worry inside of you. Whatever is going on with you emotionally, it's actually an indicator that there's something else deeper below the surface. Your emotions are not wrong. They're not sinful. God actually created you in his image and gave you emotions to lead and to guide you in certain areas of, of your life. And while we don't um, actually follow like our emotions, they are good indicators of something else. So just as pain is to our physical body an indicator that there's a deeper issue that we need to look at and, and get to, our emotions indicate that there's a deeper issue of the heart that needs addressing and needs for us to confront it and actually bring it into submission and alignment with Jesus Christ. So our emotions are a normal part of how we were created. Jesus himself experienced emotions, and the Bible talks about him being filled with compassion, expressing love and joy, amazement, that he had desires, that there was anger, isolation, abandonment. He was deeply distressed, deeply moved and troubled. He experienced grief and sadness. All of these are biblical accounts of the things Jesus felt in his life. So it's not a sin. If he was our sinless, spotless lamb savior, then it's not a sin to feel emotions. And some of us think it is, that if we feel fear, if we feel some doubt creeping into our life, if there's anger that rises up, we feel like immediately that that's sinful and Again, that's just another reason for us to want to shut it down, crush it, hide it, tuck it back in so no one sees it, and not ever actually deal with it and address the issue that's below the surface. So spiritual maturity doesn't mean that you don't have feelings. Spiritual maturity means that you do sort of learn how to listen to your feelings, but deal with the deeper issues in your life. Ephesians 4.26 says this, Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity. So I want to walk through some really practical insights from this verse that we can apply to our lives. First of all, it's okay to feel emotion. So while the scripture is talking about anger specifically, we can relate this, I think, to any emotion that we feel. This would be a good practical indicator for any emotion. So he says, be angry. It's not a sin to be angry. It's okay to be angry. And there's going to be things that come along in our life that it's okay to be angry about. It's okay to feel those emotions. It's okay. I feel like some, some of you just need to hear that. It's okay to feel all the feels. It's okay to feel what you're feeling. But 
he says, do, do not sin. So it's okay and healthy to actually feel the emotion, but it's not okay to sin because of it. I like to say it this way. Don't let sin against you produce sin in you. Two wrongs don't make a right. And while there's a lot of stuff going on in our world that's causing an emotional reaction within us, we have to learn how to respond out of a place of where the fruit of the Spirit has been developed and produced in our life, not a reaction out of our flesh. Because when we react according to our emotions, we're always going to hurt ourselves and other people. We're always going to cause sin when we react, when we allow our emotions to drive our lives. And we react out of the flesh, out of that deep place of emotion, we're always going to hurt ourselves and other people. So while we don't live according to our emotions, we can't ignore them and expect everything to be okay. A hallmark of maturity is that we can actually feel the emotions without reacting to them in unhealthy ways and causing more harm in the world around us. So first, we feel the emotion, but we don't let it lead to sin. Secondly, we deal with the issues at hand. The scripture said, do not let the sun go down on your anger. So here's a really practical thing. Don't let that emotion sit and fester. Don't allow it to just sit there in your life and not do anything with it. When you feel an emotion rise up, it often will come because of a situation that you just encountered, a person you just encountered, a conversation, something was said that sort of triggered this emotional reaction in you. When you feel the emotions rise up, it's okay to tell yourself. It's okay to feel this. It's not okay to act on it. And, but it's also not okay to just let it sit there and fester, to allow it to occupy your thought life for a long time, to allow it to sit in your heart. Um, we're supposed to deal with stuff. So that's what it's saying. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Actually deal with it. Deal with the issues at hand. If it was a conversation you were in with somebody, just stop it and say, you know what? Something you just said is kind of, it's, it's not sitting right with me. I'm feeling emotional about it. Could we talk about that a little bit further? Could you explain yourself a little bit more here? Could I voice my heart and my opinion here because I'm feeling that I, I don't have the opportunity to. Whatever it is you need to do. Do you need to forgive someone? Do you need to have a hard conversation? Whatever it is you need to do to be able to release that and to walk in peace with other people, to make peace with other people, to actually be able to move forward from that emotional reaction, do it. Just do it already. I know it's hard. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you have to walk back into the kitchen and have that conversation with your husband or wife. Sometimes you need to not leave the room and be angry and go slam the door and hide in your bedroom for hours. I know. I used to do that. We have to be able to have the hard conversations, confront things. Often people didn't mean what they said or how we received it, and we can work it out if we're willing to not let it fester, don't let the sun go down on it, actually have the hard conversation and deal with the issue at hand. And then we need to learn how to respond out of love, as I said, rather than reacting out of the flesh, because this gives the enemy an opportunity. Back to the scripture, it said, it said um, do not let the devil have an opportunity. 
So when we do let things sit in fester in our lives, when we don't deal with them, we give the devil an opportunity. When we react to the emotion, when we react to what's going on and we sin, we give the devil an opportunity. So when we follow this guideline of feel the emotion, don't sin, and deal with the issues, then we're not giving the enemy any opportunity in our lives and relationships. I feel like we have actually given the enemy a lot of opportunities in this last year in how we've reacted emotionally to the things we see on social media or posts, you know, our friends make, things we see in the news and we react, but often it's out of a place of frustration, it's out of a place of fear, it's out of a place of wanting to control things that are out of control, and it's, it's actually not a healthy reaction. And so we have hurt people and we have sinned out of our emotional state in this past year, as we have at all other times of our life. But I feel like in this past year, it has been like, whoo, like right up there at the surface. We're seeing all of this stuff erupt out of people's hearts and lives. And it's really messy. And it's really not biblical or along the lines of what God wants for us. Well, you can't control everything that happens around you or to you or what people will say to you. You can have control over your inner world. You can actually control your heart, your mind, your emotions. You can have control over that inner world so that it doesn't lead to more chaos, confusion, fear, and sin in our world. And it's not our own effort. It's a supernatural work of the Spirit transforming our inner world so that we can respond differently to the things that happen around us. God can't transform us if we are unaware or if we do not allow him access. And so actually being aware of how we respond to things, what's going on in our emotional life, being aware and allowing God access is highly, highly, highly important. The stuff that you have hidden deeply inside of your heart, the stuff you have buried in your past will come back to haunt you in your emotional life. If you don't deal with that stuff before God, if you don't get that stuff out into the open and actually deal with the deeper issues of the heart, you're always going to erupt emotionally at inopportune times, and you're going to end up hurting yourself and other people. So I want to give you a personal example again of how our emotional life works, how, how and why it's important to address the emotional stuff, but then also how this ties into the last two weeks of the desires of our heart in renewing our mind. And so if you think back to the desires, and if you didn't watch that, I encourage you to go back and watch this series from the beginning, but we talked about the desires of our heart, those five key things that are deep inside the heart of every person. Well, my kind of key issue, the thing that was triggering for me a lot was my sense of significance in this world. That was one of the key things. And so I wanted to feel significant. I wanted to have a place in this world. I wanted to have a a voice kind of at the table, if I can say it that way. I wanted to have a place where I could lead because I was wired to lead. But I was a woman. I didn't have a ton of education. I stayed at home to take care of my kids for years, and 
I struggled with this because I had all these leadership skills and communication skills and I had that all of that on one hand that I wanted to express in the world so that I could have pers- a sense of personal worth and significance. But then I had all this other stuff going on in my life that wasn't really allowing me to step into those things necessarily. And so there was this angst in my heart and these deep issues of insecurity and not being able to find my place in the world. And I was really doubting myself all of the time and doubting my identity in Christ, who he had called me to be. I would often say to him, why did you wire me this way and make me a woman? Why did you wire me like this? And and, and then you know, lead me down a different path in life. I was confused and conflicted in my internal world. And there was triggers that were happening around me. People would say certain things or do certain things, and it would press on that issue in my heart, that desire for significance. And I would feel completely insignificant and like I was worthless. And whenever that happened, I had an emotional response to it. My emotions would soar. But I had learned to tuck them in, to not let anyone see it, to keep a stoic straight face, and to not let anyone know that what they had said or done rattled me. That's how I was trying to live in this world, but I wasn't doing a very good job of it. I was isolating from people. As I said earlier, I was pulling away from people. I was destroying relationships. I was lashing out at people that I was angry with. All of this emotional stuff was erupting in my life because I hadn't dealt with this deep inner need of my personal worth and security in this world. And so I had these spiraling thoughts, negative thoughts about myself, self-doubt, doubting my identity in Christ. They were actually lies I believed from the enemy about my life. And they were strongholds, as we talked about last week, in my patterns of thinking. And so every time someone said something that I felt touched on that significance or personal worth thing, I would spiral out in these negative thoughts about myself. No one will ever let you in or give you a voice at the table. You are not wanted. You, right? You're not enough. I would spiral out in these negative thoughts, which didn't help the emotional level in my life. That just increased the emotions. So I'm doing everything to stuff and silence and quiet the emotions, thinking that that was the right and honorable thing to do. I wasn't able to release them or process them in a way that was healthy for me or anybody else. And the triggers that began the flood of lies that released the emotional response was all tied back to that desire. And so that's how we see it kind of go through our life, if that makes sense to you. But we're going to see it. We're going to recognize it in our emotional world. So the fact that I was emotional all of the time, that I was turning to cope in eating and shopping and isolation and blaming other people, I started to realize that there was this toxic sort of pattern in my emotional life. But the real issue was my incredibly low self-esteem. It wasn't all of the surface stuff that was triggering my emotions. It was this deep issue of the heart that I needed to be that needed to be healed by Jesus and actually secured in my identity in him. And so when I began to realize how toxic this pattern was, this this cycle in my life, I would, you know, be going along fine, I would be triggered by something that hit on that desire for significance. 
I would immediately feel emotions and lies go through my mind, but I just stuffed it all and didn't know how to deal with it or process it in a healthy way. And I prayed to God to bring someone into my life to help me because I could no longer control the emotions. And they were erupting. I was hurting people. I was lashing out. I was saying all kinds of terrible things to other people around me because I just couldn't manage my own emotional world anymore. There was too much going on. And so God helped me to actually get to the bottom of that. And he healed that place in my heart that longed for significance. And I found my significance in him and who he has called me to be, who he has anointed and wired me to be. And when I began to walk in that with more clarity and confidence, the emotional reactions came way down. And everything sort of balanced out. I got rid of those lies. I renewed my mind, as I talked about last week. And then the emotional world began to come into a a sense of peace. And I was actually changed. The circumstances around me did not change. The people around me did not change. I changed. And I feel like so often we feel emotional and then we're praying for God to change everything and everyone else around us. But we never stop to say, God, what do you want to do in me? How how do you want to change me? And that's really where the change came in my life. When I finally said, God, you can work on me. Just change me. Because nothing else is changing. Nothing else is going away. So do what you need to do in me. And he dealt with that deep issue of self-esteem and taught me about my significance in him. The result in my life was peace and joy. And we talked about this last week. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. If you are not experiencing peace and joy in your life, peace in your heart and mind, then you are not experiencing the fullness of the kingdom of God in some area of your life. There's something there that needs to come into alignment with the truth of who God says you are. So how do we... How often, I want to ask you this question, I'm sort of getting to the end here, but how often do we simply react to the things that happen in a day out of fear because something's out of control in our life? How often do we react out of anger and frustration? Guys, this is a big one for you. Um, A lot of men that I talk to, the only emotions they really know or can voice or talk about is anger and frustration. And it's usually because you can't fix something. Whether it's a person or a situation, uh, something that's going on in your life, you can't control or fix it, so you get super frustrated and angry. And oftentimes, that's kind of the only emotion that men will identify with is frustration but a lot of times we're reacting we're acting out of that place of frustration rather than picking up the gentle heart of the father how often do we react out of defensiveness because we feel like we've been wrongly accused or misunderstood how often do we react out of rejection or fear of abandonment Um, thinking that we're going to be left alone or or isolated or people are going to walk out of our life. How often do we react out of bitterness, choosing to hold on to unforgiveness and not work things out is actually always going to affect our peace. That's important. And how often do we simply react out of feeling disrespected? That's another big one for guys. Um, You need to feel respected, especially by your wife. 
And so sometimes we react out of feeling disrespected and actually feeling this desire to be right, which overrides our ability to work through things again in gentleness and love and tenderness towards other people. So Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, again, I, I mentioned this last week, but he really gives us an example for dealing with our emotions. And at the end here, I just want to walk through what Jesus, what happened with Jesus in the garden and how it empowered him to go to the cross. So in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, I want to read this little portion of scripture and we're going to talk about what happened with Jesus there. It says this, Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. That's a, that's a lot of emotion. That's heavy emotion. He's telling them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He's expressing emotion. He says, stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground, and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So there's a couple of things we can learn from this process in the garden, from Jesus' prayer with the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane. First of all, Jesus wasn't afraid to release his emotion to the Father in a healthy way before the Lord. He let out the unfiltered, unprocessed emotion and just told God exactly how he feels. And a lot of times I think we feel like this is irreverent, that we shouldn't talk to God that way. But you know what? God created you with your emotions and he can handle it. You can come and tell him anything. And the best place to release all of that stuff and let it out is in prayer with him. Go into your prayer closet, whatever that looks like for you, the place where you get alone to pray and say, God, I am really frustrated. I don't know what is going on. Can you help me get to the bottom of this emotional reaction that I'm having because I don't want to sin. I don't want to hold on to this. I don't want to hurt anybody. So help me get to what is underneath of this emotion. You can tell God about it. You can tell him. He can handle it. He can handle whatever is going on in your life. God does his best work with broken and surrendered. And as long as you think you can hold it all together, you are limiting what he can do in your life. He works best in your weakness, not your strength. You don't have to pull yourself together to come and to pray to him. You can go to him just as you are. We see this in the Psalms with David and the Psalms of lamenting where he comes before the Lord and he's like, oh, all of my enemies are against me. I like almost, I wish I could just die. It's kind of the same kind of words that Jesus said here. I'm sorrowful to the point of death. Everything around me is overwhelming. Everything that's happening in my life is way too much, but they bring it to God. That's the only healthy place to process it. You may have a friend or two, but like Jesus found out, his friends fell asleep when, they, when he needed them the most. And it was only the Father who was there for him to process all of this emotion. I want to encourage you to be able to name it. Sometimes it's hard for people to name their emotions. If you're not familiar with processing emotions, if you're not familiar with this healthy process, 
Name your emotions. What are you feeling? Tell God about it. Tell him what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. And if you need to, write it down just to get it out of your head and out of your heart and onto paper where you can look at it more objectively. Sometimes it's helpful to write it down. The next thing Jesus did is he exchanged his perspective and desire for the perspective and desire of the Father, for the heart of the Father for his situation. He laid down his own will and he picked up the will of the Father for his life. That is what we need to do. That is how we learn to respond rather than react. We don't allow the emotions to drive us and react out of that place. We lay it down before God and we pick up his heart, his heart that is gentle and kind and loving and long-suffering and self-disciplined. All of those fruits of the Spirit are from the heart of God and they are his will for your situation, that you would be able to walk in everything that he has for you when you're able to align yourself with that and walk out of the desire that he has for you. Whatever it was that Jesus picked up, whatever that exchange was, he laid down all of his emotion, but whatever he was able to pick up from the heart of the Father in the garden empowered him to walk to the cross like a lamb led to the slaughter, like with all the gentleness and kindness. He healed someone on the way to the cross. He talked in gentleness and kindness. He took care of his mother. He forgave people from the cross. He was kind to the criminal who was hanging beside him. The only way he was able to walk in that gentle nature and not defend himself or fight for himself and just walk with all gentleness to the cross because of what he picked up in the garden when he exchanged all of his feeling and emotion and doubts and fears, whatever he was feeling, he released it to the Father and he picked up the Father's heart for his situation and then he was able to walk out the Father's will for his life in gentleness and kindness and peace. One thing that you can ask yourself is what words go through my head when I feel this emotion? This actually ties back to last week in renewing the mind. So often when we have an, an emotional response, it's because there are words that come up in our heads that are lies about us. Remember I said that I believed the lie that I was insignificant, that no one wanted to hear my voice, that I was a failure, that I was never enough. And those were the thoughts that spiraled that that drove that emotional response in me. So if you can drill down a level, pass the emotion and say, what am I thinking in this moment? What are lies that are going through my mind? What's the rhetoric that swirls in your mind when you feel that emotion? It'll help you go a little bit deeper into the heart of the matter. For every lie the enemy has whispered over your soul, there is a truth from the word of God to combat it. There is a truth about your life that you can align yourself with so you no longer feel that flood of emotions when that button is pressed in your life. And then the last thing I want to say just about that scripture in the Garden of Gethsemane again is that we receive strength from the Father for everything that we need. Like I was saying, Jesus picked up something from the heart of the Father in that time in the garden that allowed him to go to the cross with all of the gentleness and kindness that he needed. And I don't know what you need to do in this situation, but Jesus, like I said, he didn't defend himself. He forgave, he healed, he had compassion. He could see past his own pain and carry the heart of his father for other people around him, even in the worst circumstances of his life. 
What is it that you need to pick up from the heart of the Father for the circumstances that are causing emotional problems for you? Is it compassion for other people? Is that what you need to pick up from the heart of the Father? Maybe you need to have a hard conversation with somebody. Maybe you need to forgive somebody. Maybe you need to be able to walk in peace and work something through. Maybe you need to be able to receive feedback and criticism from somebody. Maybe you need to be able to walk in gentleness. God will empower you to do whatever he asks you to do. He never asks you to do something without giving you the strength and the grace and the power that you need to do it. And if he's asking you to dig into this deeper issue, to work that thing out in your marriage that's always causing an emotional reaction for you, to work out that thing at work or with that friend that's causing so much of an emotional reaction and causing breakdown in your relationships, deal with it. Just do it. Pick up his heart. Make peace. Do the things he's asking you to do. It'll be so worth it in the end. The best way to view your emotions are, are they leading you towards a deeper um, engagement with God or are they leading you away from him? This is one of the things where we can gauge our emotions if they're, they're good or bad or how to to bring them into alignment. Is are, is this leading me into deeper connection with God? Is it helping me to allow him into my heart? Is it opening a door for him to come in? Or is it leading me away from him? Emotions can actually reveal the questions, the doubts, and the weak points of our faith. It reveals the lies we believe about ourselves and the faulty foundations on which we have built our lives. And so I want to encourage you today to resist the urge to shut down your emotions, to hide them, to stuff them, to just do away with them, and give yourself the time to process them in a healthy way. Be honest with God. Let him in. I want to read this last scripture over you here at the end. It's from 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. It says this, Praise be to God, the Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the same comfort we ourselves receive from God. God longs to comfort you when your emotions are high, when things have hurt you, when things have come against you in life. He longs as the God of compassion to comfort you so that you can walk in the peace and joy and comfort of the Spirit and bring that comfort to other people just as Jesus did when he walked out of the garden and he began to heal and comfort others around him even though he was walking through the most difficult time of his life. I want to pray for you again here at the end as we do most every week and I want to pray today that you would be able to recognize any emotions that are problematic for you. Any emotions that are problematic in your marriage, in your relationships, at work, whatever's going on in your life right now and you feel those emotions rising up, are you able to process them in a healthy way before the Lord? I want to just pray over you as we leave and, and just to remind you that God's kingdom, again, is a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. If you're not experiencing peace and joy in this season, reach out to one of us pastors. We would love to sit with you 
and even help you get to those deeper issues of the heart. Sometimes we need a friend. Sometimes when we've learned a healthy way to process, we can do it with God alone. But sometimes we need a trusted friend, a pastor, someone who's been down this road who can help us to identify the emotions, to identify the lies or the things going through our mind that we believe about ourselves, and to heal those places to see real transformation come to our lives. So if you need help with that, please reach out to myself or Pastor Andrew or Alex. We would love to walk with you through that in this season because I actually believe God wants to do something amazing in your life in this very season of time. Let me pray. Father God, this is an incredibly difficult time in our lives. We are faced with some of the most difficult circumstances around us that we ever have been. And we recognize that this is putting pressure on us in ways that maybe we haven't experienced before and any of those emotions that are coming to the surface. Father, I pray you would put your finger on any emotions that are problematic for us right now, that you would reveal fear, doubt, insecurity, any negative emotions that are leading us off track. Father God, I pray that you would bring that up right now. And Father, I pray that you would also give us a healthy way to process. If we need a new way of processing our emotions, I pray you would teach us out of what we just learned from your word, out of the example of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I pray that you would help us to process all of our hurt and pain and the things that we've been carrying so heavily in the season so that we can walk in the peace and the joy that you've promised us in your kingdom. Father, we want to be aligned with your kingdom, with your will and your word for us. And so we bring ourselves under submission to the Lordship of Jesus once again right now. We submit and surrender everything to your careful and watchful eye. And we pray that you, by your Holy Spirit, would reveal anything we need to deal with in order to grow in maturity and become the people you have called us to be. Father, we put it in your hands and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. At the end here, I just wanted to say something really quickly. I don't often talk about the fact that I have a website and on there I have some Bible studies and stuff that is just great resources for the body of Christ. And there is a study in particular called More Than a Feeling that's actually been released on Right Now Media. And I've gotten feedback from small groups and pastors um, in these states and as far away as England who have been using this study to process their emotions in this season. And I go a little bit more in depth into teaching um, what I did today, but also in processing some other emotions that have been problematic for us during this season of COVID. And so I just wanted to throw that out as another resource for you. If you want to go a little deeper into the study, head over to Right Now Media um, and just put in more than a feeling and that study will pop up for you and there's a free um, PDF booklet that goes along with that and I you know if you need help finding it just reach out to us if you don't have a right now media subscription please reach out to us we pay for that as a church it's a resource that we have for you for free and so we would love to be able to put um, that resource into your hands, especially right now when you're spending a lot of time at home and the kids are home. There's a lot of great kids content on there. 
Um, so please uh, go on our website, mp.church. You can sign up there or email one of our staff, and we will get you connected to Right Now Media. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week, and we will see you online next week.